Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. You guys ready for church? Yeah. All right, let's go. (laughs) Well, hey, church fam, welcome to my home. My name is Leah, and I'm the executive pastor at our Urbana campus, and I'm joined with some friends today. Super excited to share a message with you in our series called Fresh Bread, where we share just a fresh word from the Father. And I just want to start by saying how much we love you. Man, these have been some crazy months that we've had here uh, with COVID and all the things, but man, thank you for your love, your support, um, your prayers. We just, we really couldn't do this without you. So we are so glad you're part of our family. Thanks for saying yes. Thanks for joining us on this journey and thank all of you for joining us today. Um, We are excited to share a fresh word today, that fresh bread. And I felt like the father said that the fresh word for this weekend is tell the story. Tell the story. Well, what do I mean when I say that? I simply mean tell your story, tell your God story. We would call this a testimony. That's the churchy way of saying it. But I think the Father is inviting us to tell the story of transformation that we have with him. Um, Stories are fascinating, right? I I love a really good story. I was on a walk last week with my son, Cohen, who you saw earlier. Uh, He's an early riser, so I totally blame Ben for that because I am not an early riser. (laughs) But he was up before I was getting ready for work about 6, 6.30. I was like, why don't you go on a walk with me? And I love these times with Cohen because it's my chance just to really chat with him and hear, you know, what's going on in his life and hear about his friends and his Minecraft world. And um, he was actually reading a book this, this summer. He's reading the Percy Jackson series. And I, I was like, oh, so how's, how's that book? How, or how are you enjoying that? And he went on and on and on and on for miles. We walked miles talking about this book. He was so lost in the story. He, he was like bumping into me, not paying around, like paying attention to his surroundings. Like he was just literally lost in the details of the story. And truthfully, I was bored. Like totally not my cup of tea, like not my genre at all. But man, this boy loved the story. And I, I think there's an invitation for us today to get lost in the story. And a good story is refreshing and exhilarating. I love a good book, a good Netflix story, you know, whatever it is. The stories are, um, can be so encouraging and really transformational for us. And so I just felt like that was the invitation from the Father. Let's get lost in our love stories with Jesus today. And I've invited some friends to share their stories of transformation as well. But I want to start with our scripture for today, which is found in Psalm 66, 16. And so DP, do you want to read that for yeah. us? All you lovers of God who want to please him, please him, come and listen, and I'll tell you what he did for me. Yeah, so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to tell all of you what he has done for us. And it so reminds me of the story found in John chapter 4, where we have Jesus who meets up with the Samaritan woman at the well. And I love this story, one, because it's just a little scandalous. Like, Jesus, such a boundary breaker. Like, I love him. He, he's always doing cool things like that. And it's scandalous for a lot of reasons. One, Jesus is a rabbi, and here he is talking to a woman, which... That's a no-go. He doesn't really care. (laughs) Beyond that, these are actually two very different groups of people who were bitter enemies. So you have Jesus, who is Jewish, and then you have the Samaritans, and they just didn't get along. And so the fact that he was entering into a conversation with a Samaritan was like, gasp, like, we we don't do that. And what I love about it is that it's so relevant for today. Like, you you think about the reason he, he was willing to lean in and have a conversation with someone who probably he didn't agree with on a lot of things. He he was willing to kind of cross that invisible barrier and enter in 
in to this prophetic conversation where he's encouraging her and loving her really well. And I think, man, there's a great divide happening in our world right now, right? Where there's two people groups with two different kinds of thinking, like masks or no masks, right? Democrat, Republican, school, no school. I mean, the, the culture today is just like inundated with pick a side. Jesus doesn't pick a side. Jesus like steps over the invisible barrier. He crosses it and he has a conversation and he loves her so well, right? So he doesn't let his conviction keep him from connection with her. He leans in and I love this. And what happens is she is so marked by this conversation with Jesus, with this interaction with Jesus. She's so loved and encouraged by him that she leaves her jug at the well and she runs back into her village and she's like, come and meet the man who told me everything I ever did. Come meet this guy. And that's kind of what we're saying today. Come Come and meet the man who, who, who has loved us so well. Come meet the man who's transformed each of our lives. So that's the heartbeat of today that we would able to share, like be able to share with you our stories of transformation. Of course, it's just a snapshot. Um, but what we want to encourage you to do wherever you are, whether you're gathering in a church group today, uh, experiencing this together, or you're in a small group later this week, or you can get real creative. You could do some Instagram lives, some Facebook lives, <laughs> share your story with people online, but really make it a priority this week to tell the story. Uh, the invitation is, is to encourage others through the story. And so that's actually just what we're going to do today. We're going to share part of our story. And I'm going to give you just a snapshot of mine so that we can get to these other stories of transformation. But um, I am so grateful that I... I have known Jesus my whole life. I, I'm just like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, parents, for introducing him uh, to me. Apparently, I was three years old when I gave my life to the Lord. Don't remember that, let's be honest. But I do remember getting baptized because I was a part of this church family my whole life. So the vineyard is all I've known. And at seven years old, I wanted to be baptized. And uh, what I really remember is the pink jumper I was wearing because I, I couldn't find a photo, but it is, it is like, I loved that thing. Uh, it was actually in the current Kingdom Kids Auditorium, which was the old auditorium where we had the baptismal tank. But um, our church family was so impactful for me. I remember in the 80s, we did a musical called We Like Sheep, which truth be told, I can still <laughs> sing the songs. If you hit me up later, if you want to hear some of that song. Um, but we, we had so much fun in the 90s. We, the, there was a move of the spirit that was so powerful in the early 90s that the parents would come back to old kingdom kids and they would be waiting on us to finish ministry time because we're like kids are like all over the floor slain in the spirit we're praying we're ministering we're like parents you got to wait for us like we've we're doing something here god was moving so I, I look back and i'm so grateful that all i've known is jesus he's been in my life my whole life and i think what happens when you when you know jesus your whole life sometimes you can um, think like, oh, well, what's my story? What's my testimony? I've always known him. But man, the testimony of Jesus is that he is involved in every moment of every day. And if I can sum up what I love about Jesus in one statement, it's this. He is so dependable. He's so dependable. He is who he says he is. Um, there's a scripture here in Deuteronomy 7, 9 that says it this way. Know this, God, your God is God indeed, a God you can depend on. This has been important in my life because um, people haven't always been dependable for me. And so I, I grew up in a home uh, that was pretty, well, dysfunctional, but I would just like to remind everyone, every family has a little bit of dysfunction, a little bit crazy. So sometimes you think you're the only one. You're not. Don't worry. There's, there's a lot out there. Um, so my parents love Jesus, but life happens. And so at nine years old, my parents got a divorce and divorce will mark you no matter what. It'll just shape the rest of your life. And so um, that was hard. I ended up living with my mom and she 
went on uh, just a series of different relationships with men and women. So there was a lot of um, instability in the home. And I, I, when you walk through things that feel hard, it, the question always is like, again, who's reliable? Who can I rely on? Who's going to be dependable? Uh, for us, we didn't have a lot of money. We we're actually pretty poor. I lived most of my life in Section 8 housing, you know, trailer park, uh, lived on the assistance of the government. And so I lived with a lot of fear when it comes to like, well, who's going to provide? Who's going to, who's got my back? And what I saw my entire life was God always had my back. He always provided. He was so faithful, so, so dependable. And, and I'm so grateful, you know, even um, though we grew up with nothing, the father provided a way for me to go to the U of I. And I'm so grateful for that. That moment was, um, you know, I was the first person in my family to go to college, so it was really exciting for me. That ended up leading me to meet my husband, Ben. We were both students at the U of I. And um, again, just the way that the Father has been a champion of my life, my whole life, is like, thank you, Lord. You are, you are so faithful. You're such a good Father. Um, he's with me in the really high times, and he's with me in the really low times. And there are low times that come. There are trials that come our way. It's not always like peachy, right? Uh, you know, with my mom, she ended up getting very sick. And so for years and years, she had a chronic uh, sickness that kept her. She lost her job. She was in and out of the hospital forever. So, you know, it, it, through my teen years, I was, I, I actually carried the burden of the home. I was the one who was making sure, you know, we did we get the groceries? Did we wash the uniforms for school? Did we make the meals? Did people get where they needed to go? And it was just a heavy burden, I think, as a as a teenager to have to carry that load. But again... I could depend on the Father. He was so faithful. Um, through chronic pain, if you've ever lived with chronic pain, it's a really hard, hard life to live. Uh, she ended up addicted, my mom, that is, uh, addicted to her uh, prescription medications, uh, narcotics, and some other drugs, and unfortunately lost her life to that addiction with an overdose in 2008. And again, you, you walk through the pain, and the question is always, well, is God still good? Is God still good? Here's what I know. I don't read anywhere in the scripture where it says we're going to live a pain-free life. I don't read that. But I do know that the Father says he'll never leave us. He will always walk beside us. And he is so dependable. This is what I know to be true. He's so dependable. And, you know, my life, it, it goes on. You, you walk through high times, low times. He, he's dependable, you know, when it comes to marriage. Ben and I are going to be married 15 years in a couple weeks. And I think, thank you, Father, for dependability, you know. Thank you that I can co-parent with you. Three crazy kids. Like, we need Jesus. Like, we all need Jesus for that. Really, truly do. You know, but, but here's, here's what I know. He loves my kids more than I do. So that means I don't have to worry. I don't have to live with fear. He gives me peace instead of anxiety. You know, he brings joy where there might be sorrow. He, he really is who he says he is, and he is so dependable. And so this is just like a snapshot of, of who Jesus is to me and why I follow him. But man, he's so good. And if you don't know that goodness, if you've never experienced the, good, the goodness of Jesus, if you even just want to drop in the chat right now, pray, someone will reach out to you from our team and start praying for you and just introduce this Jesus who has changed my life and who wants to change your life too. But listen, let's get to some of these other stories. I want to hear what Jesus has done. Patrice, kick us off. What, yeah. Who is Jesus to you? Yeah, guys, so my story um, is one that I would say is filled with trauma, a lot of poor choices that I made, um, but it also reveals just like the Father's love for me mm -hmm. and how he relentlessly pursued me and the freedom that comes from 
um, knowing your identity in him. Mm-hmm. So for me, I grew up in a Christian home. My parents were in ministry um, for as far back as I can remember, like the word of God has just like been spoken over my life, yeah. probably before I could even talk or walk. Mm-hmm. Um, but around age 13, I just, uh, this like rebellious spirit came over me and I just took joy and like doing the wrong thing. Like I really, really took pride in being the bad kid. And um, by high school, I was drinking every weekend, college, I was partying, drinking, using recreational drugs. And at age 19, um, I had like this feeling like, okay, like you've got to change your life. You've got to do something. And so I thought the answer was to join the army. <laughs> so I joined the army and um you know, that did have some positive uh, impact on my life in some way. And uh, after being in the military for a couple of years, I then found myself in a, a domestic violent relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I stayed in that for about three years, made the choice to leave, and making that choice um, ultimately led me to becoming a single mom. Um, even, like, through all that chaos, though, guys, like, my parents were so good. Like, they mm-hmm. constantly prayed for me. They constantly loved me. And um, I'm just so thankful that for their prayers and the power that prayer has. And in 2014, we moved to Urbana. Um, uh, my son, who was maybe like three or four years old at the time, was like, Mommy, we, I want to go to church. Like, we haven't went to church in a long time. And so at this point in my life, I had like no desire to be at church, like none whatsoever. But I just kind of had like this guilt inside, like he, he's <laughs> wanting to go to church, like I need to bring him. So. I would take him to church. I'd drop him off at Kingdom Kids, and I was, like, straight-up backseat rider, like, not engaged, like, nothing at all. Okay, is this over over with? And, um, yeah, I did that for three years, three years. And then in 2017, like, I just had an encounter with Holy Spirit. Um, I mean, just really began to show me that, like, he was there through all of the heartbreak, all of the trauma, showed me that he was pursuing me constantly, um, revealed to me that like my identity is not in like my past mistakes or the hurt that I went through in my life. But in fact, like what I went through empowers me and that I can share my story with others and empower them. And so, yeah, I just, I, I want to speak to parents that if you have children that you've been praying for and wanting to see them come to the Lord, I say, just continue with that. You know, my life is a testimony of that. My parents will tell you (laughs) many nights my mom would be up late praying and not knowing like what I was doing or where I was at. And I know, you know, I know I'm here today because of my parents' prayers. So, yeah. Actually, Patrice, would you even just pray Mm -hmm. that over all parents who are listening right now who have a child who maybe is a little wayward? Would you just pray that? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Father, right now, um, I just ask that you just come and touch parents whose hearts are aching right now and longing to see their children um, come to you. And we just say, Father God, that you would just give them um, just uh, the stamina that they need to keep to keep doing it and to not give up and we just speak protection over those children right now god and i also just say holy spirit right now for those those children um that these parents are praying for that you would just right now just like touch them god and reveal to them how you see them and how much you love them jesus oh amen thank you patrice i'm so glad you're in our family the lord is good uh how about you kyle why you follow jesus yeah, um, well, my whole life, um, kind of like Patrice and Leah, my whole life I've been involved in church. Um, I can't remember um, a period of time looking back where I wasn't going or um, wanting to go. And I remember from a young age uh, going to Bible camp, 
memorizing scripture for candy, <laughs> having contests, like who can memorize the most scripture and say it the fastest, that kind of thing. And um, growing up, looking forward to youth group every week. Youth group on Wednesday nights was like the highlight of my week. I loved it. I went to worship nights. So really going to church, that was never uh, the problem. I always believed in God. and But I always had this view of God that he was this like big, mysterious, like far off, lived high, resided above the clouds, like God. And if you were lucky enough and if you did all the right things or you went so long without making a mistake, like he would speak to you with an audible voice and like you were lucky and things would go well for you. And so like that kind of mindset, like you had to, to work really hard to get his attention. And so I just remember uh, growing up with that kind of mindset, that view of who God is. And so even some examples of that, I, I remember praying every night when I was little, and I would remember some of the mistakes, like, or actually I should say all the mistakes I made in a day, like whether it was talking back to my mom, yelling at my sister, maybe I said a cuss word, like at night I would have to pray and I would have to ask God, I would say it out loud, like, forgive me for this, forgive me for that. And then there would be times when like it would get bad where if I didn't actually pray at night, like maybe I fell asleep, like, because I was exhausted. I'd wake up the next day and be like, wow, I didn't pray last night, and I would feel shame. Like, I'd feel like God's not going to talk to me, like, he's not going to pay attention to me. And that kind of mindset would just, like, get worse and worse because uh, eventually I started to lead worship, and I remember there were Sundays, Sunday mornings backstage, I would be back there, like, praying, and I would be begging God to show up in this worship set because, like, all these people are coming here to experience your presence, and I'm back here, like, begging for you to show up because... I made one too many mistakes, and you're not going to show up because of my mistakes. And so just growing up with this unhealthy view of God, and, um, but fast forward to 2011, this guy named Todd White, um, who we refer to as this guy with dreadlocks who came to our church one time, <laughs> and he dropped this crazy revelation of grace and righteousness, and it blew my mind in the best way possible. Um, I, I just remember being so shook on, like, understanding who God was, and um, understanding this, I'd always known that Jesus came and died on a cross, and he paid for our sins, but up until this point, it was just um, a popular scripture to me. It was, it was, it didn't, I didn't actually know what it meant, and so hearing this message of grace and righteousness took me on this journey of discovering that Jesus, a man, came to this earth experienced the worst pain possible, agony, was tortured, and died on a cross for me so that I could enter into his presence boldly and unashamed. And in that moment, I realized that God is not a checklist God. He's not a do this, do this, and do this, and then I will have a conversation with you. He is a God who is always wanting to lean in with his presence. No matter how far we run away, how many mistakes we make, he is always there, and so I follow Jesus because he paid a really high price just to be in relationship with me. Oh, so good. That's awesome. Thanks, Kyle. Yep. Oh. How about you, Jenny? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, so for me, so my, I guess where it started, I grew up a Christian, too, my whole life. Um, so my parents, I grew up in a strong, like, Christian home. My mom is just this amazing woman who loves the Lord so much, and so my mom and dad got divorced um, when I was young, really young. And 
originally they were missionaries in South America for like 10 or more years. So they moved to the States and just things happened and then they got divorced. So left just a very, you know, something inside of me that just hurt and felt unworthy, felt abandoned and just a lot of hurt. And I, um, <sighs> sorry, it's just really hard, but I, I never felt that the Lord was like that. I never put that relation. I knew that the Lord was faithful. I knew he was good. And even um, if my father left me, I knew that the Lord was still good and he was still faithful. And so with all of that, it made me afraid of commitment. It made me afraid to get married. <laughs> this is my husband. <laughs> I'm married now. Persistence. Yeah. <laughs> so we've, and we've been married eight years. We just celebrate eight years. But, um, and, but it was very scary. And I, I was so afraid of somebody leaving me. Like, I did not feel worthy enough that any man would want to stay with me. Because if my own father wouldn't want to leave me, why would anybody want to stay with me? Um, so that was difficult. But it was probably in college and it started. I always knew that there was something, but in college is when it really started that I'm like, I need healing for this because mm -hmm. it's it's just messing with a lot of relationships. And um, so I really started to, I got a lot of prayer for this. I um, remember <laughs> journaling a lot, crying a lot, lots of tears, because um, it hurt. It just hurt so much. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I remember I read in Psalms 2710, it says, even if my father and mother abandoned me, the Lord will hold me close. Mm -hmm. And sticking to his word and just what is true and that he's good. He's a good father and he's faithful. And even if people leave, like the Lord will never leave me. He's there for me. Um, so, yeah, so lots of, you know, it's a healing process. Um, I always feel like it's like an onion. You know, you like tear back things and you're like, for me, I guess I'm always like, I'm done. Like, I'm there. But then, you know, something else, like a memory or something gets triggered and I'm like, oh, gosh, I feel that, you know, but... I know that I can go back to the Lord. I know that I can go back to him every time because he's a good father mm -hmm. and he just arms open wide to heal and yeah. to yeah. comfort and to be there. Um, so, yeah, so that's my story just of God being so faithful even when other people aren't faithful, yeah. even when your own father isn't faithful. Yeah. The Lord is, he is your father. He's that's your right. heavenly father and he's so good, good and he's faithful. So. You know, actually, would you even pray this over people listening now? I think people who are struggling with feelings of abandonment or rejection, yeah. Yeah. would you mind just praying for it? So if you're listening yeah. right now, yeah. um, just go ahead and put your hands out right where you are, and Jenny's going to just pray yeah. over you. Jesus, I just thank you so much for who you are. I thank you for your love. I thank you that you will never leave us. You will never forsake us, Jesus. I pray for those right now that are feeling lost, that are feeling hurt, the insecurity of the rejection, Lord. I just pray right now that you would just cover them right now, Lord. Just your peace, just fill them, Jesus, right now. Let them know that you are near. Let them know that you are close, Lord, that you love them, Jesus, that there is healing available. Lord, I just pray that you would just cover them right now. Fill them with your peace. Holy Spirit, just be there right now. Lord, thank you so much that you are faithful to us. You are good, good, good and faithful father lord and we stand on your truth we stand on your word jesus in your name amen, amen. thank you jenny all right dp how about you <laughs> my story is a little bit different um i i saw god from a buddhist lens 
and it was just kind of by default because both my parents are uh, refugees from Laos. So it's kind of intertwined in my Laotian heritage. Uh, so the only uh, experience I had with Jesus was a few bad ones, you know, during Sunday school, you know, so when I was little. But throughout my uh, college and young adult years, I, I really struggled with materialism. Man, I, I, I was a sneakerhead, sneaker freak. I collected <laughs> shoes. I had tons of shoes that were still in boxes. You know, it's just bad. Uh, you know, I, I bought cars every other year, to, bought rims, TVs, you know, the whole night. It was Fast and Furious days, you know. Uh, so, you know, gone. But anyways, um, I was into clothes. I was just really into serving, my, like, just really just trying to impress people through the outside, right? You know, and... I know during that same time, God was really working on my heart too. Um, in 2002, a friend of mine invited me to college group, and I went to church. You know, I, I took his invite, but during that time, I wasn't really—I wouldn't say I was saved. You know, I was just kind of just learning about you know uh, religion or church culture. But I knew the Holy Spirit was there because it was just every time a message happened, I could feel the tug. You know, so it wasn't until 2007 that I would say life really changed because at that point I got water baptized and um, the, the illustration of the dead dying in the water and the new coming up so lights out. Like yeah, it seriously yeah. happened like uh, I'm getting goosebumps yeah. talking about because <laughs> yeah. peace and all that yeah. stuff that all the weight just fell off and um, God was just really working on me in that time. So at that point, man, I got involved in church. I was involved in youth group. Uh, I sold all my, you know, I sold and gave away my, my freshest kicks, my freshest gear to the youth kids and whoever it would fit, because obviously I was a little bit small then. Because um, now, you know, obviously I could finally fit into adult clothes, so it's, it's a pretty exciting time for me. But it was, you know, God was just so good because it was a shift. When I got baptized, it was a shift, a heart shift, a perspective shift from focusing on myself to focusing on, you know, using my, uh, my resources mm -hmm. to help other people, yeah. money, time, you know, skills, connections, all of that mm -hmm. to help other people. Because, you know, like it says in the Bible, it talks about, in Matthew, it talks about how we're supposed to store treasures in heaven, not here on earth, because yeah. here on earth it'll rot. And, you know, so that's the, like a constant reminder of how here on earth, I'm here on a mission. I've got my own skill sets and abilities and my own sphere of influence, right, to impact so that people would know who Jesus is through my actions and my words. So it's very important for me to always have my, what, what I say match what I do, and ultimately people would see Christ through that. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like when you were baptized, you were then all in. That's oh, how yeah. it feels about yeah. your life. And I think there might be people listening even right now who are like, man, I, I really want to be all in. I really want to just like give Jesus everything. Would you just pray that over anyone who's oh, listening yeah, right now yeah, who wants sure. that? Oh, Jesus, you are so good. Uh, thank you so much for this opportunity just to even be here um, another day. Um, I always say a day above the ground is always a good day. Holy mm -hmm. Spirit, we just, uh, I just pray that you would just touch people right now, Lord, that aren't all in. Um, and if they're right on the edge, Father, that, yeah. that you would just give them that tug like you did me that one day in 2007 to, to take the plunge and to let the, die, the old die and the new rise, and that there would be a heart transformation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. DP, awesome. So Thank you. Awesome. And how about June? So I didn't grow up in a religious home, but we did go to the church down the street from my house in Morton, Illinois. Um, my mom would take us girls. I had two sisters. Um, to church and drop us off, but she never went in those doors. 
I never really wondered why she um, and my dad didn't go to church at all. It was just the way it was. But I do remember as a, as a young girl being in my room, um, reading my Bible and thinking, when I become a Christian someday, mm -hmm. I will not be a hypocrite. And I think I, in my mind, I thought, I'm, I'm going to be all in yeah. when this does happen. And it was even uh, now, I think it was the Holy Spirit just calling me even yeah. then. Mm -hmm. So then many years later, as a 17-year-old, summer before my senior year, I, God, God pre presented an opportunity, an unmistakable um, moment of decision, actually, mm -hmm. for me, that I either had to decide... I'm going to follow Jesus or I'm going to walk away. And the, the moment of decision kind of came through a few different, a series of events. The first one was some friends of mine and I decided to go to a bar. Not a great decision. <laughs> and then we got caught by one of the friend's parents in the bar. <laughs> they drugged their daughter out. Um, everybody got grounded except for me because my parents weren't Christians and just was not on their grid. And mm -hmm. then um, I made a phone call to my best friend's mom. Yeah. And she patiently and lovingly invited me to their home yeah. for a little talk. <laughs> and so I, believe it or not, I was the ringleader, supposedly, <laughs> of this uh, illegal uh, behavior. And um, so shocked that she would even accept me into their home because I assumed that she uh, thought I led her daughter astray. Mm -hmm. She told me about Jesus. I prayed a prayer of acceptance and forgiveness and mm -hmm. submission to, in my, in my mind, the God of the universe mm -hmm. and my heavenly father, but also just a really good dad. Mm -hmm. To, to this day, I can actually see it like in my mind's eye that I walked in their house with a lot of anger, a lot of confusion, a lot of um, unforgiveness and shame, sin, which, you know, it wasn't even because I had gotten caught in this bar at 17. <laughs> it was how I, because of how I'd lived my life up to that point. And then I walked out of their house clean, a new creation forgiven, accepted, loved, and I had a new hope and a new purpose in life. Amen. Little did I know after accepting Jesus that day that within a year, my dad, uh, my own dad, would be diagnosed with ALS, mm -hmm. Lou Gehrig's disease, and pass away within a couple years. And then my mom got cancer and died shortly after that. So their deaths kind of put me, threw me into this process of trying to discover desperately, you know, about my father. And I realized that God is real and he's near. He's not far. He loves me. And um, I had been calling myself an orphan after they passed away and realized that I'm a daughter of the king. So these were some hard fought and very difficult, very tough lessons. Um, it, it, so it, it's been an adventure from the very beginning. But when Leah asked me, why are you still following Jesus? Um, I, my answer has to be simple. I, I love him, and it's been a lifelong process of 
um, coming to know him as my father who sits right beside me. Nothing even comes close to that for me. Nothing I desire on this earth compares with that relationship. Would you even just release the father's love over people listening right now? That's what you've experienced, and I think that that's something for all of us today. Would you do that? Sure. Well, Lord Jesus, um, gosh, we say it a lot that, you know, I love this or I love that, but I just pray that your love, a father's love for all his children would just be poured out today, um, that people would truly know to the depths of their soul that, that you love them in a way that's way different from um, on this earth, but a heavenly, a divine love over uh, their lives. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, thank you all for sharing your story. It's so, so beautiful, so powerful. God is who he says he is. He's a faithful father. And I don't know about you, but when I, when I hear about the good things of God, I want to worship him. I just want to, you know, turn it all back into praise. And so we're going to do that right now. We're going to head into a time of worship. We have uh, Daniel and Susan who are going to be leading us today. And we were able to gather as we can. We had a few people that were able to join us. And you can look for more opportunities to do that in the future too. But I'm going to turn things over now to them. Let's worship Jesus. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Live Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.